Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to this weekly Torah study from New Beginnings Church in Bedford, Texas, taught by Pastor Scott Sigmund. We pray this message will help you better understand how God's Old Testament wisdom and New Testament revelation are meant to jointly fit together. It's Torah portion 24. Uh, and we begin uh, a new book of the Torah, the book of Leviticus, this week. Uh, Leviticus 1 through Leviticus 5. But it's also, this week is Purim week, Wednesday night. Uh, we uh, enter into Purim. And Wednesday night, uh, Pastor Huck and I will be on the big bird and flying to Israel after uh, uh, a ye- over two years. Uh, and uh, we have a big conference there. Uh, and Pastor's going to be ministering to uh, parliamentarians from around the world. That's part of the New Beginnings goal and purpose is that we would be a light to the nations. Amen. Uh, That arrow that shot from the bow in God's hands to the nations of the world that have come, uh, that are being destroyed by the work of the enemy. So we're here to reverse the curse. And uh, that's all part of... Uh, where your tithes and offerings go through the Israel Allies Foundation. And uh, we'll also have some other meetings scheduled. So pray for us that, that God moves. And it's no coincidence it's during Purim week of all things. So we're excited to be there. And I'm excited this morning uh, to share some life lessons from the Purim story that are going to lead to your success. How many of you want more success in life? Spiritual success, financial success, family success, health and healing success. Whatever success God promises, His Word is yes and amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to enter into some of that today because Purim is a story of divine intervention. And hopefully you're a willing participant. You're not like the TV show where uh, people have to be forced. There's a a, a forcible intervention. Thank God that we're willingly uh, submitting and yielding to God's perfect will. Amen. And that's the story of Esther. Esther came to a point in her life where she willingly yielded to God's perfect will. And uh, that's where the whole uh, immortal phrase from Mordecai, her guardian and cousin, uh, you were were put in this position for such a time as this. And uh, she chose wisely, didn't she? So, uh, Purim, story of Esther... It's on God's divine calendar, all right? And uh, around the world this week, it'll be read in synagogues uh, and even in some churches. Amen. You might even read the Purim story this week. Wouldn't that be great? And it just connects us to our Judeo-Christian heritage. And it's taking advantage of an appointment, God says, uh, that I'm making with you. That's what these appointed times are all about. 
And uh, if you had to sum up Purim into one scripture, it could be Romans 8.28. All things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to His purpose. Or respond according to His purpose. And that's Esther's story, isn't it? Uh, Israel is in the ro- proverbial between a rock and a hard place. Impossible odds. The enemy is coming in, but God is working behind the scenes and causing what the devil wants to use for evil. He's going to divinely intervene and turn things around. And he's counting on people like Esther, Mordecai, people like you and I to have faith that all things work together for good. Amen. Even when it doesn't look like it on the outside, this is the story of Esther, the story of Purim, that God is working behind the scenes to turn our story upside down. Now we know the villain uh, in the story is Haman, and he is... Uh, he hates the Jews. He's full of anti-Semitism. He's a descendant of Agag uh, and, uh, and Amalekite. He's a descendant of uh, uh, Amalek, who is a the grandson of Esau. And uh, that whole family history is one of despising their spiritual birthright, despising what God had given to the Jewish people. And uh, God is saying that even though Haman on the outside is trying to destroy Israel uh, uh, through, I guess you could call it through a final solution. Hitler had a final solution. Haman had a final solution. But God was working to reverse that curse. And what could have been their worst defeat was dramatically turned around. And it became a great victory. And isn't that how God works? It looks like you're going to lose. And the clock is winding down. We're running out of time! Uh, But that's where we need to have hope and faith and trust and confidence that God says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. He'd like to hear us say that. Once in a while, all right? As a message of faith to ourselves and others. It may look like I'm losing, but my God is working behind the scenes to turn this into a great victory. Amen? Amen. And that needs to be our battle cry. Everything doesn't go perfect. uh, But belly aching and moaning about it ain't going to bring the victory. Faith brings the victory. Confidence in the Lord. I'll trust in the Lord with all my heart. And I won't look at the circumstances and define my life based on what I see out there. I'm defining my life, my destiny, my future based on what God has sown in my heart. I'm a winner and I'm going to win. I'm an overcomer and I'm going to overcome. And if I've got to say that 10,000 times, I'll say it 10,000 times to stir myself up in my most holy faith. Amen? That's the life lesson of Purim. Praise be to God. In, in Hebrew, pastor may share this, Purim is taught to be Hester Panim. 
The hidden face or the hidden hand of God. In, in the book of Esther, the name of God does not appear uh, uh, in, in any of the chapters. Uh, but God still moved. It didn't look like God was there. It didn't look like God was going to move. But just like uh, I was watching yesterday the basketball tournament, the guy launched a miracle shot (laughs) with time running out, a second on the clock, and it went in, and they won! (laughs) Amen? Those are the memorable ones. Right? Those are the kind of victories that uh, you remember from year to year. Ten years have passed, but you still remember that miracle shot. He threw up a Hail Mary and it went in! <laughs> and God is saying, right, you need to believe for the Hail Mary. You need to believe for the miracle shot. Because it may look like you're going to lose. It may look like uh, uh, you're uh, at the end of your rope. There's no more sand left in the timer. But God is saying, I've been there all along. I've never, lo- I've never left you. I'm not forsaking you. And if you'll stand in faith and having done all to stand, 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 stand. Never give up, never give up. And God is going to move. Amen. Praise God. And so the hidden face of God, even though we don't feel the presence of God, He's there just the same. He's always working on our behalf. Why? Because you're His child. And He loves you. If a, if a, 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 if a good man will give something good to his kids, how much more will a gracious father give to you what you need to succeed? Amen. And so that's, uh, that, that's part of the deal and part of the life lesson of uh, serving God. Even though you may be facing something overwhelming and it seems like there's no way out, you're not alone. Amen. God is with you and He's working on a solution. Trust in that. Amen. You know, it's interesting that uh, Esther's Hebrew name isn't Esther. Did you know that? Esther's Hebrew name is uh, Hadassah. Hadassah. And it means myrtle. Myrtle is a bush. And the leaves, the myrtle leaves, were used for medicinal purposes and used as a, a, for a, a, a fragrance, a beautiful scent, an odor, a, a, a perfume. And uh, uh, it, it was released even now if you went and bought a myrtle. The only way that that uh, perfume or medicinal quality, like an essential oil, they use it for essential oils and other things, uh, the, it can only happen when the leaves are crushed. All right? So myrtle, hadassah, Esther, it looked like she was being crushed. Okay? But it's a reminder. Yeah, the enemy, that's his job. The enemy's job is to try to crush us. How do we respond to what the enemy's trying to do? Amen. We put on the full armor of God. Amen. We, we come into agreement with like-minded believers. We come into agreement for a miracle. 
We don't throw in the towel and just get into a, a pity party. We stand strong in faith. We speak faith. We pray, God, give me eyes to see, spiritual eyes, spiritual vision, to see beyond the problem so that I can see the promise. What promise out of the thousands that you've given applies to my circumstance? And you might have to write that on your spiritual chalkboard a thousand times before it finally clunks. It clicks. Yeah. I am an overcomer, and I will overcome. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. And on and on and on. And so part of it is, and look, you can't go back and change stuff that's happened in the past. You may have been crushed last week, last month, last year, 30 years ago. You can't go back and change that. But God can heal the brokenness that came from that. And uh, as uh, one wise person once said, God will show you how to turn your wounds into wisdom. Amen. Amen. God will show you how to turn your wounds into wisdom. Amen. How, how can w- the test I went through become my testimony? Amen. And, uh, and so we can learn that life lesson from Hadassah, the myrtle tree, the sweet fragrance, uh, only is released when it's uh, crushed. And even though you may feel crushed, God is going to elevate you. God is going to exalt you if you stay faithful and you work up in yourself that spirit of faith, that spirit of trust, that confident spirit within you, uh, your destiny is going to manifest. And that's what happened with Esther. Her darkest moment became her greatest victory. Amen? Praise be to God. Esther's Persian name means hidden or concealed. Her uh, uh, Hebrew name is Myrtle. Hey, Myrtle! (laughs) But her Persian name, Esther, means hidden or concealed. And it was, as I mentioned, Mordecai, her guardian, her uh, older cousin, He's the one who told her, Esther, you were born for such a time as this. Whatever whatever was building behind the scenes, and you didn't even recognize maybe what God was doing, it was hidden to you. It was a con- your destiny was concealed. She had to conceal her Jewish identity, and her destiny was concealed. But when Esther was faced with the choice to risk her very life to save Israel, it was only then that a huge part of her destiny became known, became revealed. And that's a lesson for you and I today. God doesn't show us the big picture all at once. Because then you might sit back and just kind of take it easy and wait until God does something. But God is saying, I've hidden some things in you. There's some hidden potential in you. 
There's some places I want to take you in your life you can't see in the natural. You might get a glimpse of it from time to time with your spiritual vision. But with Esther, a huge part of her destiny uh, that was hidden to her was revealed. Amen? And so think about how good God is. Everything that you see in your life right now isn't the end of it. Wherever you find yourself right now in this world, there's more that God can do in you and through you. Praise be to God. You've got talent. You've got giftings. You have strengths that uh, will only come to the surface and will only be a blessing to you and to those around you when you rise up and understand what Esther understood when Mordecai said to her, for such a time as this. She had a decision to make. She had to step out in faith. She had to manifest some courage. Oh, that the church would be filled with a spirit of courage and boldness and confidence and faith that we can do all things through our Savior who strengthens us and gives us a pathway to success. Amen? Look, we've all seen this happen. How many of you have seen this happen in your own life? You've seen it happen in others. Right? And that's what usually separates people who fulfill their destiny from those that don't. Because you can't sit on your hands and feel sorry for yourself. I know that might work for a day. And God will wink at that. But at one point or another, God is saying, rise up! You are a resurrected saint of the Most High God! Resurrection power is in you! You can overcome this thing. You might have to throw a few haymakers. (laughs) Right? You may have to wrestle with some powers and principalities. God didn't say, as a Christian, you'd be spared from the wrestling match. Right? He just said, you're going to win. David didn't beat Goliath because he was an expert rock thrower. He may have been an expert rock thrower. (laughs) but he won because he said who is this uncircumcised Philistine who has no covenant with the living God I have, you have, we have a covenant with God and all the blood bought promises that God has given are yes and amen to those that believe are you a believer today amen come on somebody Years ago, our dear friend Rabbi Daniel Lappin told Pastor Larry that uh, our ministry, his ministry, was similar to Esther's. And uh, he joked about the uh, colorful shirts he was wearing at the time. And thought, Is it the shirts? You've heard him say that. But uh, actually, one of the, uh, the, th- the points that the rabbi was making to us is that Uh, we were called by God as a ministry uh, to reveal to the church what's been hidden, what's been concealed. We're talking about the Jewish roots of our Christian faith. That's part of our legacy. 
Our legacy as believers, yes, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are uh, uh, awesome and important. But our Bible begins in Genesis. Amen? And from Genesis to Revelation, every promise, all the wisdom, all the promises that God has made, and especially what He's made to Israel, have not been replaced. They've not died out. Amen? And so we've been called to show the church world why it's important to love Israel. To be a blessing to Israel. We've spent many a year building bridges between the Christian and the Jewish community. Amen? And we understand that this is a big part of fulfilling Bible prophecy. It's been concealed. It's been hidden for nearly 2,000 years. But God said in the last days, I'm going to fulfill Ephesians chapter 2. It's on that big banner there. The two shall become one. Amen. Amen. Jews and Christians together. Amen. Amen. And uh, the hearts of the fathers, the Jewish fathers, will turn back to the children. The offspring, the Christian offspring, and likewise the Christian children, will their hearts are going to turn back to loving Israel, loving the Jewish people, and instead of throwing rocks, we're going to bring blessing. Amen. Amen. And so that's a big reason why you're here in this church, is that God would use you for such a time as this to bring blessing. To bring a breakthrough. Amen? So, uh, in fact, this is one of the lessons that we learned from Mordecai. Who just happens uh, to be the first person called a Jew in the Scriptures. In Esther 2.5. That's the first time anyone was called a Jew. Now, you could argue Judah. Judah. But uh, it's uh, Esther 2.5. And really, Mordecai is a shadow, a type. He prefigures uh, what we're doing today as a Christian church standing with Israel. We're watchmen. Mordecai was a watchman for Israel. He was the watchman on the wall. Anybody ever heard that biblical phrase, watchmen on the wall? That's our men's ministry. We're watching. We're on guard. We're on duty. We're in the Lord's army. We've got a job to do, a world to win. There's things God wants us to accomplish individually and collectively as a church. And Mordecai shows us that. He saw the impending dangers. He saw in the story of Esther, he saw what was up ahead. And he began to warn people. He began to prophesy. And he began to lay out some things that had to be accomplished. And despite the threats, despite the evil decrees, he did not bow down to the fear. Amen. We have not been given a spirit of fear, you guys. 
Amen? We're all facing things. We all have a version of Haman coming against us. We even see in America that spirit of Haman, that anti-Semitic, anti-God, anti-Christ spirit is coming against America right now. Now is the time to be a Mordecai where we see that danger and we take action. Some of that action is prayer. Some of that action is just voicing your side of the story. I'm not afraid of being canceled. I'm not afraid of, of somebody pushing back against me with their secular uh, antichrist agenda. I know who I am. You know who you are. We are convinced. We are thoroughly persuaded that God is on our side and He is working behind the scenes to help us overcome. Amen? So Mordecai watched out for the Jewish people and helped bring about their salvation. And that's what we're doing right now. That's why our church is so involved with uh, Israel and standing with Israel and being a blessing to the Jewish people in Israel, in Ukraine, in Ethiopia, and other hot spots around the world. is It's fulfilling end time prophecy and it's preparing them for, uh, for them to receive their Messiah. Amen? Praise God. Life lessons from Purim. Well, what's, what's the will of God for my life? Be Mordecai. Well, I don't know where to start. Start being Mordecai. Start praying for the peace of Jerusalem so that you begin to prosper in ways you never thought possible. When am I going to see all the blessing? When am I going to experience more of the abundant life? You might have to pick up your game a little bit. <laughs> Next man up. <laughs> Mordecai did his job. What's your job? Amen? And, and look, it doesn't have to be Billy Graham job. <laughs> you don't have to be the next Pastor Larry, but you have a world. And in your world, you can be loving and peaceful and kind and instructive and offer people words of wisdom. Amen. How we doing? Amen? Purim is Wednesday night. What are the lessons of Purim? Is it just a history thing? Or can we experience something this week that will help motivate us and inspire us to take the next steps of faith? They don't necessarily have to be giant steps. They just need to be steps. You can have a mustard seed type of step. And God will honor that. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, our friend Rabbi Lappin revealed another great secret about Purim by showing us how it's directly related to Yom Kippur. It's an amazing revelation in a, a Hebrew Torah scroll in Leviticus 23 where God lays out uh, a nice summary or overview of all the biblical holidays. Uh, uh, he points out that in original Hebrew, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, is written Yom Kippurim. Is that amazing? Yom Kippurim. It's a day like unto Purim. 
So God is connecting the holiest day on the uh, biblical calendar uh, with Purim. And uh, it shows us that there's a double anointing about to fall this week. If we'll have eyes to see, if we'll have faith arising in our hearts, stir up that faith. Stir up something in you beyond just natural stuff. Yeah, you need to go to the mall. Yeah, you need to send uh, Amazon some money. Yeah, you need to go to Tom Thumb and buy some groceries. Yeah, all of these natural things. But you are not a natural being having a spiritual experience you're a spiritual being and you're here having an experience a physical experience so lord what are you saying i've got a double anointing for you this week it's Purim, and Yom Kippur is a day like Purim, and it's a time where every decree that's been spoken by you or someone that doesn't like you, that's sitting on you from your future manifesting, whatever evil decree has been spoken, uh, God broke the power of Haman's decree. And He'll break the power of any word spoken against you if you'll just say so. Just prophesy that over your life today. I prophesy that. That every word spoken against you, whether it be a word from 50 years ago or just something a couple days ago, we bind it, we rebuke it, we break its power, and we loosen freedom. We loosen liberty. We loosen the power of God. In Jesus' name. And that's that whole idea. What breaks the yoke? Isaiah 10 says, what breaks the, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. We don't need church. We don't need rituals. We need a yoke-destroying, burden-removing power of the living God. And it doesn't always just happen from something out there. It rises up within you. John said in 1 John 2, the anointing is in you. It's in you. You have to release it. And then out of your belly will flow rivers of living water that, that wash away the pain. It washes away the brokenheartedness. It washes away the ineffectiveness. All the failure. All the sin. All the curses. All the bad feelings. Let those things wash away in your life so that you can take whatever was testing you and make it your testimony. God will turn what was wounding you into words of wisdom. Oh, come on. Yom Kippurim. Every sin is forgiven. Every curse is broken. And every covenant promise, thank you Lord, is manifesting in our lives. Esther 9.1 says, The time approached for the king's order and decree to be carried out. The day when the enemies of the Jews hoped to overpower them. But as it turned out, the opposite took place. The Jews overpowered those who hated them. Claim that in your own life. Amen? Is everything perfect or could you use a few miracles? What's blocking your blessing? 
You know, sometimes we have to ask that. And the Holy Spirit many times will show us that. Sometimes we don't want to hear it because usually what's blocking the blessing isn't the devil. It's stupid things that we've been doing and we don't realize that we're spiritual beings with a spiritual calling and that we need to do some things to activate the principles of God in our life. But the good news is when we do that, all of a sudden, bam! God is there to confirm His Word with signs, with wonders, with miracles. So if it's a medical thing, a legal thing, a financial or family thing, don't resign yourself, this is my fate. Purim is the the casting of lots. The rolling of the dice. But it reminds us that your life is not subject to just random acts of stuff. Well, it just happened to me. All these things always happen to me. I bind and rebuke all those things that try to happen to me. And I release nothing but the good, acceptable, and perfect will of Almighty God. Alright, so just don't take the medical report or the legal report, or the financial report, well, nothing I can do. Yeah, there's a lot you can do. Amen? And one of the things you can do is remind yourself, no matter what it looks like, don't lose your confidence. Don't cast away your faith. God loves you. He cares for you. And He's working behind the scenes. That's the message of Purim. I'm going to orchestrate something, but don't shipwreck your faith before the miracle comes. Alright? Who's with me? Amen. Alright, so here's some things uh, that you might have to do having done all to stand. All right? You might uh, need to pray a little bit longer. Sometimes we need more than now I lay me down to sleep kind of prayers. All right? Do you see? Well, what do I do? How do I know? Go, go to the bookstore go on a, and find a prayer book. Prayers That Availeth Much by Jermaine Copeland is a good starter. She's got lots of those books and Paula Pry- and they're full of Scripture-based prayers for every circumstance. You might want to sow something into charity. That's a big thing during uh, Purim. The half-shekel offering for the poor. Proverbs 10.2 says charity saves from death. Are you on the verge of death's doorstep in your marriage or in your finances or there's some pending IRS or legal thing going on? Sow a seed towards your miracle to somebody that's less fortunate, somebody who's the most vulnerable, the widow, the orphan, and say, Father, I'm sowing this seed to save them, and I thank you in advance that you'll use that seed to produce a harvest of salvation and deliverance in my own life. How many of you found that's the way it works? Yep, I see your hands. Esther called a fast. 
Now, I know I've, I've gone to meddling now. <laughs> Jesus said there's certain things that don't change except by prayer and fasting. Amen. Yeah? All right? And Esther realized, man, this thing is impossible. There's nothing I can do. We need a miracle from God. Let's call the people for, for a three-day prayer and fast. And it was a build-up to a breakthrough. Right? Sometimes we need to do something uncommon in order to get an uncommon blessing in return. If you keep doing the way you've always done it, you're probably going to keep getting what you've always got. Shake it up. Alright? It might even be making some hard decisions about your lifestyle, your attitude, your conduct. Look, whatever it is, the Holy Ghost will point that out. It's not so He can uh, uh, put you under His thumb and condemn you. It's so that He can show you, okay, this is what's blocking your blessing. If you get rid of this thing, this attitude, this behavior in your life, I'll open the windows of heaven for you. That's what's on the other side of this. Amen? Turn and tell somebody, it's your season for a breakthrough. It's your season for a breakthrough. It's your time for a miracle. And let me just add this. How many of you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? (laughs) Well, I got good news for you. (laughs) Now you have authority and dominion. Right? You have a sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of the living God. His Word is alive and full of power and any promise will manifest itself in your life if you have the courage and the faith to pull out the sword and begin to wield the Word of God against that circumstance. Here's the principle. You don't speak to others about the size of your mountain. You speak to the mountain about the size of your God. And oh, what a mighty God we serve. Life and death is in the power of our words. Thank you, Lord. You give me great and mighty power to defeat every enemy that's trying to defeat me. Amen. And you activate these things with faith-filled words. In the Living Bible, in Hebrews 1... It says, what is faith? It's the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It's the certainty that what we're hoping for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. Men of God in days of old were famous for their faith. By faith, by believing God, we know that the world and the stars were made. And in fact, all things were made at God's command and that they were all made from things that can't be seen. There's some things that are hidden from the natural eye. Lord, fill me today as I'm in church. 
Fill me with eyes to see, with ears to hear. Give me spiritual vision to see beyond the pain, to see beyond the problem, to see the promise of God that You have given me. And I declare and I prophesy and I praise and thank the Lord for it. And that's what praise and worship's all about. I want to see you all dancing and shouting and clapping and smiling. When we get the praise and worship in about 30 minutes. Amen. Esther had this working in her. Right? She at that moment, look, Mordecai, I said, Esther, you got to do this thing. How do you know that you weren't born for this very moment? I can tell you though, Esther, if you don't do it, God will find someone else to do it, but you ain't going to come out of this unscathed if you say no. And so she stood up with boldness, with faith, with courage. And she had a a confidence and an optimism. Don't let all the things that are going on out there, and believe me, you know, everybody feels pain at the pump and inflation and some of the insanity. Uh, what do you mean you want to teach my kindergartner that stuff? <laughs> no, you're not. It's insanity. But don't let that turn you into a grouch and a grump and a pessimist. You have faith, you're a believer, you serve the Most High God. Trust in Him more than you trust in what the world's trying to do. Trust in His promises. You're an overcomer. Greater is He that's in you than anything that can come against you. Amen. Amen. Esther did that. And that led to a great, great miracle. So how do you attain that kind of faith? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. Jude 20. But you, beloved, build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith, of your accurate knowledge, or excuse me, continually... uh, Let's start over. I conflated the verses. Put your glasses on. But you, beloved, build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith. Continually progress. Rise like an edifice higher and higher. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Do you have the evidence of praying in other tongues? Do you pray in the Spirit and sing in the Spirit? That's what happens when we get into the praise and worship this morning. You're in your seat and the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you begin to worship and praise in the Spirit and you don't know actually what you might be saying. But you might at that very moment be praying the miracle breakthrough prayer that you need to go higher and higher in the Lord. How it works. Philemon 1 6 says, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective and powerful because of your accurate knowledge of every good thing which is ours in Christ. Do you have a list of every good thing that is yours in Christ? Need to look at that list. 
Stop looking at your spouse's list of bad behaviors. <laughs> and get back to looking at, here's the list of every good thing that I have through Jesus Christ. That's what's going to make me effective. That's what's going to make me powerful. Expressing my faith in those terms is what's going to reverse the curse. Amen. Amen. Now look, as we close, uh, I uh, I just, you know, in sharing this, I, I, I was interested in how Purim coincided this year with the Torah study in Leviticus on sacrifices. And as I just thought about this and uh, read about this and studied on this, I realized how Esther was a living sacrifice. Right? She was willing to put herself in harm's way and sacrifice her life for the benefit of the Jewish nation. And it was from that I realized she's a shadow and a type of Jesus. She's doing what Jesus did. She had all the privileges just like Jesus, but she set those things aside. Read Philippians 2. It says Jesus didn't cling to His position. He agreed to be the Savior of the world, even if it meant hanging on a cross and dying a horrible death. And in reality, that's what Esther did. Esther Esther was told, don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Why? Because she shrunk back and stopped living by faith. The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. So Esther sends back to Mordecai, tell everybody to fast and pray. And then, though it is against the law, I'll go in to see the king. And listen to this, if I must die, I must die. A living sacrifice. But Esther did everything required of her. I don't know what God requires of you and I. Sometimes it does require some sacrifice not everything that we do is supposed to mean that we get convenience and leisure there are some times where we need to pick up our cross daily and follow him and carrying the cross can be a real exercise uh, in pain but it's not pain that God is punishing you to suffer. It's a pain that like after a workout, you feel the pain in your muscles, but it's leading to a better thing. Your family may be depending on you. Your relatives may be. You may be the only intercessor your family has. And it may not feel so great to get up at 5 a.m. and pray for them before you launch your day and get into the commute. But if that's what it takes for my family to be free, I'm willing to do that. The Holy Ghost will show you what you need to do. You don't have to go out and seek ways to suffer. (laughs) No one's saying that. 
But there are times just like getting up early on spring forward day. I lost an hour of sleep. I'm tired. No, I'm getting up and I'm coming to church. I'm going to apply myself so I can rightly divide the word of truth. I can uh, live it in my own life, share it with my family and friends, and we can all go down that pathway of life and blessing together. Amen. Amen. So there's so much more we could teach on. But I want to close in prayer and then we can head to the main service. I want to pray a prayer of agreement with you and release an anointing upon our lives as we go into Purim week so that sins can be forgiven, curses can be broken, and covenant promises can manifest. Just begin to pray in the Spirit softly where you're at. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Father, we come before You right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank You for an outpouring of Your mercy and grace in our lives. Father, we thank You that You'll never leave us or forsake us. And we thank You, Lord, that You're always working behind the scenes and turning what the devil means for evil into something good. I thank You, Lord, today that in our lives You're rebuking the devourer and You're making impossible situations possible. And right now, Lord, we come into agreement that any situation that's coming against us and blocking our blessing is turned around for our good. We thank You, Lord, You're no respecter of persons. And what You did for Esther, You're doing in my life and in my family in the name of the Lord. Thank You, Father God. Every curse is broken. Every sin is forgiven. Every decree is canceled. In the name of Jesus, all things are working together for our good. Father, we thank You that Satan is bound and defeated. He's cast out of our lives. Uh, that we will uh, fulfill nothing moving forward but the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We bind the devil to get out of our lives, get out of our minds, get out of our finances, get out of our bodies, get out of our family, get out of our future in Jesus' name. We thank You, Lord, no weapon formed against us will prosper. And we thank You, Lord, what the enemy means for evil. You're turning around this week during the appointed time of Purim. Thank You, Lord, that salvation is ours. Forgiveness is ours. Miracles are ours. Healing is ours. Prosperity is ours. Victory over the enemy is ours. It's all ours to the glory of God in the name of Jesus. Amen this morning. And.